bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. The second thing you would notice about that incident and how it applies to us in relation to the Holy Spirit is timing. The Bible says that at a certain time, an angel went down and stared at the water. There is a certain time. We have to trust God's timings and God's seasons. There is a time for God to do things. There are sovereign times of God. And there are times, set times for God to favor his people. Although God works all the time, there are specific moments in our lives when he stirs things up for us. When God stirs things up, he changes the atmosphere. He changes things from the way they are. And many times when God is stirring things in our lives and it's time for him to bless us, it will seem as if everything is being disturbed in our lives. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, you lose your money. All of a sudden, things are happening. And things that you trusted in are letting you down. When those things happen, don't give up. It may be a stirring of God. He's stirring the waters because he's about to change your rhythm. A stirring does not mean God has abandoned you. A stirring does not mean God has given up on you. A stirring does not mean this is the end of your life. There are many times in our lives where, as people would say, all hell breaks loose. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. And when that time comes, it's very easy for you to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? But at that time, it could be the Holy Spirit stirring the waters, shaking the foundations, removing some roofs, and changing some, some things that have been in your life for too long. I like how the Bible describes uh, Abraham's blessing. It says that you know, Abraham was having a good life, and then one day, his servants and Lord's servants start fighting. Looks like nothing is happening. Business is not working. There's internal fight. There's struggle. And you say, ah, well, Abraham, why are you fighting? Why are you and Lord fighting? Then he says to Lord, well, Lord, you know, I'm your uncle, but, you know, we, uh, people are fighting. So, so you, you choose the best land uh, or whichever land you choose. I'll take the one you don't like. What a nephew. Your uncle tells you this and you also choose the good one. You know, some people you wonder what. So he chose a good land. And when Lot left, God spoke to Abraham and said, Lift up your eyes now and look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. As long, as far as you see, I will give it to you. But God never told him that when Lot was in his life. Sometimes there will be a shaking for somebody to step out of your life because he's an obstruction to your vision and to your purpose and to your assignment. And don't be afraid when that moment comes because God has not abandoned you. It is a setup for a stirring in your life. When God stares the waters, it's uncomfortable. All of a sudden, it will look like everybody hates you. Every enemy you have in the world, 
shows up. Have you had that time where all your enemies are now together? <laughs> I mean, it's good to, it's, it's bad to have one enemy. But when your enemies unite, and you hear, oh, that one has, he has met with that one. Hey! My enemies are uniting. <laughs> when, when, when you come to that situation, you may think, wow, this is my end. Now I'm finished. No, your end has not come and it is not coming. God is staring up. He's putting all the enemies together because he's about to scatter all of them together. Divine timing divine time and at a certain time an angel will go and stare the water there is your life is not on autopilot there is a divine calculation there's a divine calendar supervising your life your life is an assignment and God is planning your life for a purpose the third thing you need you see there when the, there is a stare in the Holy Spirit is that there has to be action there has to be action the action must be bold and quick bold and quick decisive the bible says that after the stirring of the waters whoever stepped in first was made well he didn't say whoever stepped in but whoever stepped in first if you step in later you can get well if you step in two weeks later you can get well whoever step in first gives you the idea of quick fast decisive action when the holy spirit moves and stirs up situations don't postpone your decisions you have to be quick to act now, the story is about somebody who had been, had an infirmity for 38 years. We don't know whether he's been in the same place for 38 years or he spent part somewhere and came here later. But whatever it is, the Bible says when Jesus saw him, he saw that the man had been there for a long time. If he had been there for 38 years, granting even there was a staring once a year, he's seen 38 starings. He has not benefited from one. His situation is not a lack of staring or a lack of the work of the Holy Spirit. His situation is there because of a lack of decisiveness. He can't make good decisions. So he's there for 38 years. What a man. 38 years. You, 38 years, he hasn't even taken time to, to understand, at least use the first seven years of failure to now learn the pattern and say, well, you know, I can move this way. And, and Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? And he starts giving complaint. No, I have nobody. That, so that tells you why he's been there for 38 years. I have nobody. He didn't say, do you have somebody? Do you want to be made well? I have nobody. This guy is full of excuses. He can't make up his mind. He's always postponing. He's always giving a reason why nothing can happen. Do you want to be made well? I have nobody. 38 years, you haven't built one contact. 38 years, you have no friend. No friend. To say, at least have a plan with another sick man. And say, listen, 
Let's have a plan. Today is my year. Next year will be your year. So we all, we've been here for 20 years so far. All of us understand this thing. So you lie beside me. Anytime you see the stairs, push me into the water. That you can do. And next year I will come and push you in the water. 38 years. No contact. No strategic alliance. No relationship. You've lived in this world for 38 years. There's nobody you can pick a phone and call when you are in trouble. Now, if you are like that person, we need to take you after church out of this place. Tie you to a pole and whip you. And then lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. How, how can you live for so long? And you have, you have no one to help you? Because some of us, we destroy every relationship we have. We destroy every connection. People who have come into your life will help you. You've destroyed all of it. And then you say, I have nobody, nobody, no. But people have come your way. The problem with this man is not that God hasn't stirred his life before. It's not that the Holy Spirit hasn't moved before. But he was always giving excuses. May I suggest to you the problem of your life is not a lack of movement of the Holy Spirit. He's moved. But you delayed. You delayed. What would have happened if after Joshua had marched with his army around Jericho for seven times, they failed to shout at the last march? It was the moment. They said, okay, we are tired today. The humble I said, my throat, my throat. I need to go and take strepsils, my throat. They'll miss it. What if the day David met Goliath, he would have said, oh, ooh, yay. I didn't know that there are giants in this world, oh. This is my first giant. What if he had said, well, I didn't come here to fight giants. I came to deliver food. So let me just go home and try and build my strength to come and face this giant. That moment will be lost. Listen to me. There are certain moments in your life that cannot be duplicated. Leonard Ravenhill, who is a revivalist, says that opportunity of a lifetime must be taken in the lifetime of the opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime must be ceased taking in the lifetime of the opportunity. What does that mean? It means every opportunity has a lifetime. Windows don't open forever. Doors don't open forever. It opens for a season and it shuts. It opens and it shuts. God says, I open, no man can shut. And I shut, no man can open. It means there are times he's shutting, there are times he's opening. When he opens, you have to enter. Otherwise, the next time you come, he has shut. There has to be bold and decisive action. When God opens the door, act. That's not a time to pray about it. You know, there, there, there are many Christians who, who pray about their problem. They pray about, they are going around their problem and praying about it. And the, the worst kind of the believers is not just those who pray about the problem, but pray for the problem. I'm praying for my problem. 
Now, if you are praying for it, do you think you can solve it? You are empowering the problem. I'm praying for your problem. I'm praying for your problem. I'm praying for your problem. I'm praying for my problem. I'm praying about my problem. Act. Oh, I'm praying about it. I'm thinking about it. There's a time for thinking. And there's a time for prayer. And there's a time for action. And when God stirs the water, whoever steps in first is healed. Remember, in Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God is moving upon the face of the waters. And what happened? Then God said, let there be light. He saw the staring and he acted. What if God has said, well, the Spirit is moving. It's okay. The Spirit is moving. That's fine. But he had to act. There is always a move of the Spirit and there is an action. There is a move of the Spirit. There is an action. There is a stirring of the Spirit. There is an action. God begins to create opportunity for you. There is an action. If you fail to act that time, you lose the opportunity of the moment. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he moves, he fills, he changes things. The last thing I want to share, and then we close. As I was preparing this message, my spirit was drawn to a psalm in the Bible, which I believe I'm not teaching from it, but I'm going to make a declaration from that psalm because I believe God wants me to speak some things over your life from this psalm. Psalm 68 and verses 1 to 11. Psalm 68 verses 1 to 11. And it reads... Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As melt, wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of the Lord. But let the righteous be glad, let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah. And rejoice before him, a father of the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious shall, dry, shall dwell in a dry land. O oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation dwelt in it. You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. God has given the word and I'm about to proclaim it into your life. I believe that there are four declarations I must make over your life. In this season of influence that God will cause these factors to be blown into your life. There is going to be a factor of God in your life that you cannot, you cannot 
do it by yourself. It's just God going to do it. The first declaration is God will arise and scatter those who resist his purpose in your life. The verse says, let God arise. Let God arise. The word let means allow, permit. It doesn't mean that God was asleep and now we have to wake him up. But it says, let God arise. Who should let him arise? We should allow God to be God. We should allow God to show himself. In other words, God is saying, step out of the way and let me be myself. Step out of the way and let me handle this. You have done it by yourself. It hasn't worked. You have used all your human efforts. It doesn't work. God says, now step back and let God be God. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let him arise in your health, in your health, in your health. By all means, go to the doctor. By all means, take your medication. But let God arise in your health challenge. Trust him for your healing. Let him arise. Because many times, we are always trying to arise by ourselves. But he says, let God arise. And this season is going to be a season when God arises. He wants to arise in your life. And if you permit him to, he will arise. And enemies that have been there for 38 years, they will scatter before you. God will scatter your enemies. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. That's the first proclamation. That in this year, God is going to rise up in your life. He's going to be prominent in your life. And he's going to fight your battles for you. And he's going to scatter your enemies. There are enemies that pursued you from 2015. They are going no further again. They are going to scatter before you. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. It is a stirring. And if you step into it, you will experience it. The second thing that I want to proclaim over your life is that God is bringing you into a season of exceeding joy and gladness. He said, let the righteous be glad, let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. God is about to usher you into a season of exceeding joy and gladness. You are moving out of a season of tears to a season of joy. A season, you are moving from depression to laughter. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. This year, you are going to laugh. I say you are going to laugh. You will be sitting by yourself and all of a sudden you will be laughing. And people watch, look at you and say, what's wrong with your head? No, 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 no. It's because you have remembered the goodness of the Lord. You have remembered the favor of the Lord. You have remembered the blessing of the Lord. You have remembered what God has done. And when he does it, you will sit by yourself and laugh. Because, you know, there are some people who have sworn by themselves that you will never make it. There are some people who have said, as long as I live and as long as I'm in this position, it will not be well with you. And, 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 and you will remember how God moved them. 
and, and you remember they were sitting very hard and God lifted the chair with them and put them somewhere else. You will sit by yourself and laugh. Somebody say, I'm going to laugh. You will laugh. You will laugh. Because the thing that you never thought would happen will happen. And it will happen in a way that you can't take credit for. And when you see the process and you remember the goodness of the Lord, laughter will come into your mouth. You'll be laughing to yourself. You'll be laughing with yourself because the Lord will fill your heart with exceeding joy. You will not cry at night on your pillow. You will not be alone crying by yourself. You will not be cursing yourself. You will not be regretting your life because you are coming into a season of exceeding joy. Third thing I want to declare over your life is that God will set the solitary into families and make you fruitful. The solitary refers to one who is abandoned or left alone. The solitary is one who fights his or her battles alone. It is the one who has been betrayed and battered and abandoned and left alone. Nobody wants to touch your case. Nobody wants to step to help you. You are solitary. You are alone. The solitary is the one who doesn't seem to find any place they fit. And yes, the solitary also means one who by one reason or the other is single in life. I'm still, I'm still looking for something. Because there are certain single people here, the water was stirred and you didn't jump into it. The water just got stirred and you are just looking at my face. I said God will set the solitary into families. The one who is alone will become a couple. There will be a couple. You will be joined together. And you may look around and you say, but God, I don't see anything. God does not do his work by inspecting your surroundings to see whether your surroundings can produce the effect. He is able to go anywhere in the world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God said to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness, he said, tomorrow I will give you meat to eat. They've eaten manna for too long. They are tired. They said, we want meat. God says, I will give you meat. I will give you meat. You will eat and you will be shocked. The, the people are looking around and say, where is the meat coming from? There's no goat here. There's nothing. Where? Where? But the Bible says, a strong east wind for the Lord. A strong wind from the Lord went around. I don't know where the Lord went to. Maybe he went to another continent where there were a lot of meat and a lot of quail. And then he started blowing them by the wind of the Lord. And all of a sudden, they woke up the next morning. And what didn't used to be there has been blown into their camp. And when, and, and when the Bible was talking about it, the Bible says, they said to the Lord, can you give us meat 
in the wilderness and the bible says they limited the holy one of israel they limited him to their resources they said lord this is what we have here and i we don't think you can do anything better than what is around us but god showed them i own the cattle on a thousand hills i can blow quail from africa for you i can go to south africa and give you meat I can go to China and give you meat. I can go to Australia and give you meat. I can go anywhere in the world and give you meat. I can go to Canada and give you meat because my spirit blows all over the world. Today you can't see what you are looking for, but they will be blown into your life. I said they will be blown into your life. There are people who are about to be blown into your life. God is going to pick them. You, you just be sitting your somewhere, minding your own business, and somebody is blown into your life. The person comes into your... Where did you come from? I was blown by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to blow people into your life. I said the Holy Spirit is going to blow people into your life. I said the Holy Spirit is going to blow people into your life. The next step you need to take requires a certain kind of a person, a human resource, a connection, a network, and God is going to blow that person into your life. You will not be alone fighting this battle. Somebody is going to be blown into your life. Somebody say, I'm stepping into it. You have to step into that water. You have to step into that water. Because when the water is stirred, all things are. The final thing I want to declare is that God will reign upon your life to confirm his inheritance. Reign in the Bible speaks of refreshment and nourishment. It speaks of God's visitation. You have been in desolation you've been in the desert for too long but i hear the sound of abundance of rain it's going to rain over your life i said it's going to rain over your life and when it rains over your life the desert will start to blossom there's going to be rain there's going to be water there's going to be refreshing there's going to be nourishment there's going to be a visitation from the lord the lord will visit you and there will be a rain from heaven. I declare these four words over your life. And I proclaim it over your life that in this season, there will be a divine staring. God will arise in your situation. And he will cause your enemy to scatter. In this season, you will laugh and you will laugh and you will rejoice. In this season, the solitary will be set into families. And in this season, God is bringing rain upon you. Why don't you talk to the Lord for one minute and step into that miracle and take it by faith and possess it by faith and declare and decree it to be so in your life. In Jesus' name, it's coming to pass. It's coming to realization. It is being fulfilled in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is moving. Holy Spirit, move. Move, Holy Spirit. Move like a mighty wind. Oh, move like a wind, like a mighty rushing wind upon your people. Stir up our water. Stir up our situation. Move things out of the way. Move mountains out of the way. Move obstructions out of the way. 
Give your people victory, Lord. And so, Father, we are confident this morning that you will move by your spirit into every life here today. That in this year, there will be a move of the spirit. And when it comes, we will step into the water and we will be made well. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We praise the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebe. Email Otebe at centralgospel.com or call Plus 233-302-688-000.